And, and I think that's why the parable is so powerful that it, it's not just at a personal level, it's at a church level. And that is, is that not only does God give us that mercy and expect us to hand it out for horizontally to others, the world looks at it and says, if you really had received God's mercy, you'd be different people. Right. And you're not. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. Your journey of faith is something you are always on, whether you're growing or shrinking, and we want to be part of your growth plan. We want you to be thriving and not, uh, what was the word you said? Surviving. Surviving. Uh, in your faith these days. And that's easy to do these days is just trying to get by. And we want you to be thriving, growing. And part of that is diving deep and asking hard questions and really looking at what the Bible says and what God is telling you to look at in your own life. So we are in our series all about parables. And my name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do this without a salty pastor. And we have one of my favorite Pastor Harvey Friesen with us today yet again. Good How be, are you? Yeah, back here. It's been the week of Harvey. So good to be with you guys and good to uh, delve into the scriptures. We did the Bible study on Monday. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday. And then we have, um, we looked at we looked at Matthew there where we talked about Matthew 18, where we talk about the unmerciful servant mm. and how he wanted the mercy of God, but he didn't want to dispense it out. Right. And so we did a nice deep dive on that study. You guys go back and look at that if you haven't seen it already. And today we're going to talk about how does the church do that to the whole world. Okay. So talk time. to me a little bit about that. Because on, on Tuesday we did it. That that parable always kind of hurts a little, right? Because it calls us out yeah. on, hey, you received a, an enormous amount of grace 10, and forgiveness. Of gold yes. forgiveness. And sometimes we're not willing to forgive the guy that cut us off in traffic yeah. on, on Eagle Road. But, I mean, Eagle Road brings out the worst in everybody these days. So. Well, yeah, I know. And, hey, look, I know it's Idaho, and I know it's rough on some people, and I know that Denver's got about 50 Eagle Roads, but that's okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm one of those gluttons for punishment. I drive down Eagle Road every day to go home from work. So It's a test of faith. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's actually a test of faith. Some days more than others, exactly. So, so talk to me, Pastor. What yeah. are we? How you said we're we're kind of gonna take this and say this is how the church works in with the world these days as well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so so let's go back to it. Let's go back to the main theme. The main theme is is the forgiveness of God to this guy who owed ten thousand bags of gold. His debt was forgiven, wiped away. And he was so grateful. He went to his knees and he begged for that. And then someone that owed him 100 coins of silver went to him, got on his knees, begged him for that, and he had him thrown in jail. Mm. And, and the, the whole point of the parable, Jesus, again, we're talking about the kingdom of God this year, is that the whole point of the parable was the kingdom of God is like this. You get a load of forgiveness. He expects you, the king, to offer forgiveness to the people. So if you, you didn't see it the other day is, is God gives vertical forgiveness down into your life. He's way in station above us. He reaches down, shows us mercy and hands it out and we take it with full hand. Then what he says is, I expect you once you take my mercy to then be merciful to others. And that was the breakdown is that he was pointing it out. And by the way, he was pointing it out to the Pharisees and he was saying to them, you are utterly unmerciful in the way that you treat people. In fact, if you remember another place where Jesus said, 
uh, about the Pharisees. He said, you make people twice the son of hell that they were before they even met you because you create a barrier. You get God's mercy and you don't hand it out according mm. to the way God calls you to hand it out. So the great criticism of the church is we are hypocrites. And the reason why we're hypocrites is because we really don't treat each other people and even our own people any differently than anybody else does. Okay. And, and I think that's why the parable is so powerful that it, it's not just at a personal level, it's at a church level. And that is, is that not only does God give us that mercy and expect us to hand it out for horizontally to others, the world looks at it and says, if you really had received God's mercy, you'd be different people. Right. And you're not. And, and so why, what does that do? That destroys our witness. Mm-hmm. And so when we, we do that, that's one of the hardest struggles for why the church uh, doesn't have that great of an evangelistic witness is, is honestly one of the reasons why we struggle as believers, individual believers. Individual believers make up the church. Why do we struggle as individual believers to be evangelists? Because we know they'll look at our life and go, well, you're not any different than I am. Right. You just go to church once a week. And that right. obviously, now think about it. People look at cause and effect. People look at it and go, okay, Jesse, you go to church three hours or four hours on a Sunday morning. Are you any different because of it? And if they look at our lives and say, well, it's not any different, then they go, What's why the would I waste two or three or four of the best hours of the weekend where I could be at the country club, I could go out for, I could make my own little wonderful Sunday brunch, I could enjoy myself, I could be in my garden, I could hear the birds singing in the backyard, and it's a wonderful and it's my day. Why would I give choice moments and pieces of my life if we're no different? Yeah, I mean, it comes back to what we're always talking about, which is, is your life bearing fruit? And that fruit should be visible, you know, in in the real world, when a tree bears fruit, it tends to not be invisible. It's something you can see. It's something you can look at and appreciate. Other people are looking at us and saying, is that tree bearing a different kind of fruit because of the thing that they say they believe, right? And if they're not, then you're just a dead tree or you're just a, you know... The analogy breaks down, but you know. No, I got it. it. So, but let's let's bring this parable back into a real world scenario, and let's actually make instead of him making him a king, let's make him a business leader, and let's make him own an Albertson store. Okay. okay. So the parable is: uh, someone went into the store. They owed the guy uh, a bunch of. They owed the guy a thousand dollars because uh, they. Uh, uh, they had a debt accrued and they hadn't paid for their groceries and the guy forgives them. And then that person goes out and he takes some of the groceries he has and he goes to a person that he had given some to and he goes, he runs in and says, you owe me, I need to be I pay me back. And then the Albertson's owner finds out that he's had someone thrown down. He goes, I, I forgave your entire debt. How can we do that? Now, think about this now. And this is why I want to move it into an Albertson's. You guys know that over the 4th of July weekend, what are all the things that go on sale, right? You get the sodas that go on sale. You get the chips that go on sale. You get some of the meat that goes on sale. And what is the store doing? They are enticing you to come into the store to buy extra stuff to celebrate your holiday, which is going to pinch your budget, which is going to cost you more than maybe you had already allocated. But the store wants you in the store because they know once they get you in the store that you'll actually buy more. Right. Right. Now, let me try my own little try at a parable for a moment. I think that the par- that that mercy is the lost leader of the Christian faith. 
And so, so, so think about it for a second. They will sell beef underpriced to get you in the store to buy their overpriced milk, their overpriced candy bars, their overpriced, because they know over the holidays you're going to do what? You're going to buy all those sne- snacks and treats and carbohydrates, and, and you're going to buy a bunch of what else do they make a lot of money off of on the holidays? Uh, Liquor. Uh, yes. Right? Yep. So they want you in there. They essentially become a loss leader store with all the food to get you to be in their store as a liquor store, right? It's how it works. Let's play this parable out for a second. Is there is a principle at play, and that is the gospel is an enticement to know God. Mm. Jesus died. That's the ultimate lost leader. He died, but then he raised from the dead. And then he says to us, come and follow me. And if anyone comes after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. How do we do that? We receive the mercy of God and the lost leader of the Christian's life is we forgive people when they don't deserve it. We show them mercy when we don't have to. And thinking about it in the context of the world we live in, one of the most incredible ways to build relationship with other people is to show mercy to them when they don't deserve it. God had a plan here. I think that this parable plays out to the world that we're around us because the easiest thing for me to do to, a, to the broken world that we live in is condemn them. Right. I mean, you guys are going to hell. You're going to, you're going to hell. In fact, you are paving the road to hell and you're doing all these awful things. It's okay for us to say that they are doing those, those awful things, but it's also important for us to be ready to share mercy with people and to lead them to the gospel of Christ. Listen to, uh, listen to what it says in second Corinthians chapter five. It says, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. When we're holding out mercy to someone, sorry, when we're giving out mercy to someone or when we're withholding mercy from someone, we are doing that by what? Recognizing them in court in the flesh. We're looking at them, we're sizing them up, and we're going, you don't deserve my mercy. Mm. But God says, no, no, when you're in me and you've been given mercy from me, we don't look at the flesh anymore because, Harvey, when I looked at your life and I gave you mercy, if I looked at your flesh, I'd withhold. Right. I'd withhold. But what I'm doing is I'm looking at my heart of love for you And that's what causes me to give it out. One of the first ways that we need to change the way we look at the world is that we actually have to pray, and I think prayer is the important part, we have to pray that God will give us eyes to see people for how he sees them rather than how we see them. That perspective is so important because we, as you said, we're going to naturally look at someone and say, not, they don't deserve deserve it. it. Right. And if we do that, Jesse, how are we any different than anybody else in the world? We're not. In we're, fact, we're probably worse because we know better. Well, because we have the mercy <laughs> we could give them, the stuff they actually might right. need, and we go, no, you don't deserve it. And, and It's and, like a doctor not being willing to share their medical skills because they're like, eh, he doesn't deserve it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you go back to the parable that we talked about last week, when we did the, that parable, what, what, what was in there was it said in there, and they didn't deserve it. Mm. We don't deserve it. One of the most highlighted, beautiful verses of the Bible, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, is that you know, he looked at us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to deserve it. And so one of the things that we have to kind of, and this is where we have to move from old man to new man, because so let's, let's talk about us for a second. Again, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if we have received the vertical dispensation of God's love through the form of grace in Christ, which is merciful, right? They are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new things have come. Verse 18, 
All these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice he reconciled us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Go back to the Albertsons. God gave out the beef underpriced. In fact, he gave it to us for free. And then he says, hey, share it with others. Mm. Share it with others. And what we do is we go out and we go, I got this for free. I'm going to sell it to others. Right. No, no, that's not. I'm going to, I'm going to go be entrepreneurial. And, uh, exactly. <laughs> and God does not, God, God does not. I don't think God blesses that. He doesn't shine his face on that. He doesn't. And because if we wait till someone deserves mercy, we will never, ever reflect the heart of God. Cause I got to tell you, we, as people do not deserve mercy. We deserve wrath. Mm. We deserve wrath. That's, 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 that's the world. Now let, let's, Let's go back to the culture for just a second. Okay. They are already dispensing wrath among themselves. Think about this for just a second. Is that when you have changes of administration, you have changes of power in government, and you have new, you know, under new managements and all those kinds of things, is that the character, the values of those leaders who are now new leaders in charge gets dispensed, right? It power flows out and power flows out according to values. So we live in a world that as soon as whoever somebody new gets the power, they dispense those values. And what God's saying is, once you receive the gift from me, we give out differently. But the question is, is do we actually do that in our culture? And our culture doesn't. Whether it's blue or red or whatever like that, we tend to work in power structures by wielding our power. And in that, God's saying, Look, you will always have a need for mercy and grace because people will be undeserving. It always requires a notion that someone is going to overgive, but the goal is to help them to actually move up and move along. How you do that as a whole government, I'm not trying to get into government and reshape all government in this conversation. What, I'm, what I am saying is this. When we as Christians face that world, we always want it to be nicer than it is. It's a cruel world. Okay, the world is not as cruel as it seems, but it's definitely not as kind as it could be. Mm. Okay, it's it's definitely cruel, and we we should not expect kindness in that world. But if the world didn't have Christians dispensing kindness, who would? Right. Who's gonna? No one else is being called to step up for that, right? Yeah. And we kind of see that as the church is de-emphasized, we see a lot more of power being wielded like a club, and a lot less. Well. Yeah, I don't agree with everything that person did while they were in power, but they did have these good things, right? You don't hear even you don't even hear like small levels of like acknowledgement of like, hey, they did some things good. It's usually everything this person has ever done was wrong, and I'm gonna re reverse all of it, right? And if you take that to a person to person level, you get one wrong uh, offense against you, and suddenly the world wants you to say, well. Now we take that person and we rake them over the coals and they have never done it. You know, they could have opened three parks for children, but they did one bad thing and now they are completely unforgivably Because the world stained. doesn't have any forgiveness. They, they're not there interested in There is no in forgiveness. The, the, the world doesn't have a system to do that. Think of the reservoir of, of, of who you are as a person that it requires for you to actually forgive somebody for something. It's hard work. So hard. Christians, hear me on this. Is, is I think this is why prayer is so important, is that we need God to work on our hearts to fill our tanks because a reservoir that is full actually has the ability to scoop out a little bit of water and give it to someone else. And so what when when I'm going to go into the apostle again. So the apostle Paul, 
and this is something that we pray readily, you all, as a church staff, we pray this readily, and, and, and we almost weekly, this kind of thing, we, we take Ephesians chapter 1. Here's what the Apostle Paul prayed for people who didn't yet know God or who were just starting to know God. He prayed for them, and he, and he, and he says, For this reason I, uh, this is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, having heard of the faith in, of, of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you, and your love for the saints, I don't cease giving thanks for you while I make mention of you in my prayers. So I know you started out wanting to be a believer, and you're just now starting out in your faith, and you're receiving the vertical gift of God, of God's grace and mercy, and like that. Now, let me tell you how I'm praying for you. Is what he says. And by the way, this is how we pray for you as a church. And this is how we pray for ourselves. That the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Heavenly Father, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom. So when we're giving out mercy, it also can then be coupled with wisdom. And then he says that the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, so he says that again, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you'll have the spirit of wisdom and that you'll know God's heart while you're giving out God's mercy and grace. Mm. So, but, but that, you know what that requires, Jesse, is transformation. We actually have to be changed by the mercy that comes to us because that guy in the, in the parable last week or in the parable of the unmerciful servant here is he wasn't changed. That's really the crux of the issue. He's saying the way you hand out grace is you become changed by grace. Mm. That's how you become merciful to others. And then what does he say? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling. It's a very important thing. He's saying, I hope that your emotions will see the hope of your calling. Why, why is that? Because if you wait to feel to dispense mercy, you'll never do it. But if your eyes of your heart, which is where your mercy comes from, if they become opened, what is, that, what is happening? You begin to see people the way that God sees people. And when you begin to see people the way that God sees people, you don't see all the awful sins that they've done. What you see is your love for them. You can actually pray, God, give me a heart for people that is different and it's changed. There's all kinds of great stories about people um, there's the missionaries who went down to Ecuador, and while they were there, they were sharing the gospel with them, and some cannibals came along and killed all the men in the tribe. And then the wives later went back and prayed and sought God's face, and they were grieving and hurting all like that, and they went back and shared the gospel with those people. Only God can do that. That's yeah. why we want to be changed in our hearts. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The next thing is, and that the riches of the glory of his inheritance and in the saints will be yours. You will know when you're dispensing God's grace that God's got you covered, that you're actually God's servant and he's doing a work through you. Uh, and then, uh, then it goes on to say this, that in accordance with the working of God's strength that he brought about through Christ when he raised him from the dead, his right hand will work in the heavenly places on your behalf. Let me introduce a principle. When you only get involved with arguments at an earthly level with people, it always ends up bad. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring the heavenly realms into the natural realms. And the heavenly realms are, if you remember the story where the Elisha, the prophet, was there and his servant was with him and all these armies were out there in front of him and he was scared to death. He's like, how are we going to do that? And God gave him a glimpse of seeing the heavenly armies and the heavenly places. One of the things that we do in prayer is, is we pray, God, help me to have eyes to see the heavenly realms so that the heavenly realms will penetrate the earthly realms. We know this, the devil runs rampant on the earth, mm. right? We understand that. There's a scriptural understanding about how all that works. And, and 
That's why I joked this last Sunday that we're not in heaven yet. We're in Idaho, but it's not yet heaven. Okay, <laughs> we still have difficulties. It's close. Stop telling other people about it. Um, it's a beautiful place here. I hear Ohio is great. <laughs> yeah, I, Iowa, Ohio, those are great spots as well. So in the heavenly realms, and what does he pray? In those realms, far above all the rule and authority and power and dominion, all the places where the devil does all of his garbage work in our world, right? And every name that is named, not only in this age and in the age to come, God knows he wants to save people, all people, and he puts in subjugation under his feet, and he gave Jesus his head over all the church, which is his body, the fullness that fills us all. Friend, the story is the only way we actually will have the courage, will, desire to reach out to broken, not saved people is, is that we reach out to them with the mercy of God, which is a lost leader. You're not going to get benefit back for it. You're going to actually have to overgive and not get enough back to even pay your costs. But that's why you dip from the pool of God and we hand out God's mercy. But in that process, what we do is we're inviting the heavenly realms into that person's life not just our ideas. Well, and I want to reiterate, if you guys, I literally just read this chapter in Ephesians yesterday, mm -hmm. and I forgot that this was the whole point that we base this whole prayer off that we do in Staff Huddle. Like, I even reread through it. And I'm like, this seems really familiar. Why do I recognize this? Yeah. So I would encourage you guys to go back and reread this a couple times, because even just listening to it kind of with, you know, reading it and listening to it really initial in internalizing this makes a huge impact so that's ephesians 1 16 through 22 um you can even start back at 15 um if you wanted to but uh going all the way up to 23 and i i really encourage you to go through that because again like i said i just reread through this and i completely forgot that that was the whole basis of how we broke up our staff prayer because yeah. i we get so focused on some of the other stuff that i'm like oh yeah this has a whole scriptural base that i know and i reread it and still didn't <laughs> remember so re in really internalizing absolutely. that I think is so important. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And, 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 and here's probably a last point in piece to that is why do we read our Bible? Why do we pray? It's so that when we meet an unbelieving, unmerciful, ungrateful, unholy wor world, we draw from the reservoir of God in our lives rather than just meeting the world. Because honestly, it is so much easier, easier to live in a world where it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you know, mm. tit for tat, all those kinds of things. Because, and, but all we do then is continue the perpetuation or perpetuate the, the sin filled world with all the pain. And he called us to be different. This is how he called us to be different. Now, how do we do that? You're, you gave a great illustration of how you're doing that, Jesse. And that is you're reading the word of God you're using it. We pray that here on staff and that we're reading the word of God. And you and I as believers should be reading the word of God and practicing the word of God and going over it again. And, and how do we do this? Hebrews 5.14 says solid food is for the mature. And catch this now, who because of practice have trained their senses to discern good and evil. Now, see this picture for a moment. The world wants to get into a nonstop argument with us about right and wrong. Wise believers filled with the Holy Spirit do not get stuck in meaning some meaningless quarrels over right and wrong because what we're really looking at is discerning good and evil. People ask questions about, well, is this right or is this wrong? Go, wait, wait, is it good or is it evil? is really the more important question. And we're living in a world where evil just runs rampant in mm. all kinds of ways and places. You guys talk about it on your normal Salty Pastor podcast about all the ways that 
that the world has said, well, this is really uh, this is good. This is right, quote right, unquote. Exactly. Right. But it is actually filled with a lot of evil. Evil. Absolutely. Because downstream from all of those actions, they don't follow that kid that went through all of those surgeries and went through all of that stuff and then kills themselves right. because they don't care about that process because for them, they're just arguing for this. Well, isn't it funny that the medical industry in a lot of places, I mean, the Vanderbilt professor even proved it out and said, we make an incredible amount of money off of these surgeries, which are evil. That's evil. It's not about right or wrong. It's evil at that point. We meet a world that is egregiously evil. And the only way that I know how to reach out to that world is to pray for them, to pray for myself, to know the word of God, to look at the parables and not just read the parables, but understand the parables, not just understand the parables, but practice the parables. Mm. This weekend, the preaching of the, this parable out of Matthew chapter 18 uh, we're looking forward to that. It's going to happen on this Sunday. Yeah, and I think just like you said, it's just really looking to the the scriptures to influence you because your natural tendencies of how to react to things or interact with things is always, for the most part, until you really internalize the word of God, is always going to be probably not the best option. No, and, and, and we'll respond the wrong way. Yeah. Because what we'll do is we'll respond in the flesh rather than in the spirit. Right. We'll respond with tit for tat rather than grace for a grieved sin. Yes. And, and, and by the way, one of the, if I could round out for just yeah. another couple of minutes, here is, is that how do we learn to do that? And I would suggest to you that my best spiritual training, the vertical part, is I receive grace and then I return it with spiritual discipline, which is called obedience. I follow God. We follow God. How do we follow God? You guys are following God. How do we do that? How do we get better at it? Part of it is when God dispenses grace or he dispenses is merciful, right? I'm, about, I'm a bit suspicious. Okay, what does he want? <laughs> Nothing's free in this world. You're saying you're giving this to me. What do you want? Right. And one of the things that is important about prayer, and again, we do this, Jesse, as a, as a pastoral staff here, and even have a few people from within the congregation join us, is we pray the names of God. What are some of the names of God? I'll give you a name of God. The name of God that we praise God for is that that God who dispenses grace, that we can't figure out why he would do that. What's he tricking us into? Is it, you know, there's this a lost leader from heaven down to us. Is, is he is Jehovah. What does Jehovah mean? He is the all-encompassing, self-complete God. He is the great I am. We pray to that God. We've learned to pray to Jehovah M. Kadesh, the God who made us, who dispenses grace to us, sets us apart to live a different way. That's Jehovah M. Kadesh. God, help me to be a set-apart person. God is Elohim, which means strength and power. One of the greatest sadnesses of the church is that we accept the grace of God, but we never walk in the power of God. Well, the power, that's where we go from Christianity to churchianity to Niceanity is because we don't walk in the power of God. We can be nice Christians, but it's really, really hard to be Christian nices. Right? We weren't called to be Christian nices. We were called to be Christians who act in ways of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How do we learn that? Because we have the power of God in our lives, knowing he will protect us. We are Jehovah Jehovah. God is a God who heals us. When we, when we find our infirmities, we ask God to be our healer God. We have a resource. One of the great things that's out there on offer for us is to know this God and to resource him into our lives. Because by the way, we don't just need grace and mercy. We need wisdom. We need truth. We need direction. <clears throat> we need discernment. We need guidance. We need hope. We need encouragement. 
Who gives that to us? Our God does. See, Christian, we don't just receive the mercy of God and then go get all the other things we need from the world. We, you know, it'd be like walking in. I know some of us have done this. We go into Albertsons, we buy all the lost leaders and we walk out and then we go somewhere else to buy all of our other stuff. Right. We do that in Christianity. Yeah. We go and well, I'll take grace. I'll take mercy. Uh, no, don't tell me how to raise my kids. <laughs> I'll take grace. I'll take mercy. No, don't tell me what to do with my finances. Oh, I'll take grace and I'll take mercy, but don't tell me how to have my They're like Burger life. King. They want to have it their way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which those commercials in Burger King drive right. me crazy. What a terrible tune that is. Jehovah Nisi, God goes before me. El Shaddai, he's the almighty. God is love because I need to be loved. God is Jehovah Jireh. He provides for me. And then finally, God is Jehovah Shalom. He gives me his peace. And then how does he do all that? Because he is Jehovah Moxie. He is my refuge. He is Jehovah Magan. He is my shield. He is Jehovah Maotz. He is my what? My fortress. God, all those things. So don't just take the mercy of God and then go get all your other needs in life met somewhere else. Take the mercy of God. Take all these names of God. Dispense them in your life. Because he's freely offering them. That's the yeah. other thing. It's you are suspicious when he gives it to you. But then he's like, no, really, this is for you. Yeah. The full and package. I'm, I'm giving you all of it. It's not even, right. you know, there's a, you, you think about it as uh, Adobe or a lot of these software companies these days. They, they now offer these complete package software plans where you get all of the programs as long as you subscribe each month for uh, whatever, right? And God says, yeah, I'm going to give you the whole package for free right. forever. Right. No changes, we promise. And so it's like, that's what it is. Right. There's no, there's no side hustle. There's no him selling your information on the dark web. It's literally... This is available to you. It is a gift and you get all of it. It's not just the trial version. It's not just one piece of it. You get all of it and you should use all of it. And one little closeout is once we receive the mercy of God, the power of God, the forgiveness of God, the joy of God, the hope of God, the wisdom of God, the discernment of God, all the goodness of God, we then have the ability very easily to hand out the lost leader of mercy to other people. Mm. See, it's when the God, when the fullness of God is poured out into our lives, it's pretty easy to hand out the sliver of mercy because he's still meeting all of our needs. Because the reason why we don't hand out that mercy is we go, I, I don't have much more than that for my life. That's the only thing I'm holding on to. Live the full, followed faith of God. That's what we're called to all do. That's where you get the benefits. Well, thank you, Pastor Har, for joining us today, for sharing such an uh, in-depth discussion about this and pouring into us. And I pray that you guys are all looking around you, that you're praying that God will open your eyes and seeing where you can dispense mercy in your life and how you can bear those fruits each and every day. We thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church.